know we are in chapter 16 of our series of the farewell discourse and Jesus basically said I have some good news and some bad news and I don't know if anybody ever had that situation someone say I have some good news and some bad news uh, and, and they say which one do you want first and I would say give me the bad news first and, and, and they give you the bad news and last week Bob gave us the bad news uh, in John 16 1 through 4 he gave us the bad news that said you know in this life if you're connected to Jesus you're going to get persecuted you're going to suffer and people are going to do it thinking they're doing it for God that was I was like wow Jesus that's some news to hear and then he says and Bob even explained the reason why he said I'm telling you this because I don't want you to get caught up in a trap I I want you I don't want you to stumble I don't want I don't want you to uh, I want you to understand that you'll face tribulations and trials in this life and people will do this thinking they don't good but the, he says to his disciples that's the price of being one of my believers but I love it that was John 16 verse 4 but he doesn't even put a period there it's a comma there that is a but he doesn't put a period he puts a but I'm so glad that after before after the bad news he puts a but there because but is a coordinated conjunction that supersedes what was said before see what's in front of your butt cancels out what's behind your butt I'm so glad there's a but he says but now I'm going to him who sent me in verse 7 there's another but but very truly I tell you it is for your good that I'm going away somebody say thank you for the butt thank you for the butt <laughs> what we're going to talk about this morning is what's behind this butt that makes Jesus leaving his disciples something that is good let us pray our father and our God thank you so much for this word this morning father you are the potter we are the clay mold us shape us make us break us to what you need us to be Holy Spirit we give you full authority minister through our minds speak with our tongue love with our hearts in Jesus name we pray and all guild children say amen verse 7 grabs our attention this morning but very truly I tell you it is good that I am going away here it is unless I go away the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. For the time that's mine this morning, I just want to talk a little bit on the way of the Holy Spirit. The way of the Holy Spirit. Grace City, we ought to be very thankful for the Holy Spirit. Someone said, out of all of the gifts given to mankind by God, there is none greater than the presence of the Holy Spirit. However, Bob, there is much confusion today about the work of the Holy Spirit. It is some churches that are hardly even mentioned about the Holy Spirit, given the impression that the Holy Spirit is not important at all. And then there are others on the other end of the scale that are churches where 
uh, they put great emphasis on the Holy Spirit, so much on the Holy Spirit that it's more important than Jesus. And then there are many uh, who think the Holy Spirit's work only when they have some special sensations, some aesthetic experience, like speaking in tongues and falling out in the floor, you know, like, you know, mama say, mama saw the micro saw, or she tie a bow tie, she ties a bow tie. No, I mean, when, when, we, when we have gifts of speaking in tongues, and uh, we think that that is the gift of the Holy Spirit alone. To them, the Holy Spirit cannot be at work unless there's some supernatural, miraculous thing manifesting. But Great City, the Holy Spirit is Jesus' departing gift, which allows God's presence to continue in our lives. This gift comes to every believer. Once you accept Jesus as your Savior, you have a departing gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, speaking of departing gifts, uh, for three years, I've been watching my three-year-old granddaughter, Zoe. And on Mondays, I love and enjoy her presence. But, you know, there's a, we have a gap in time, Bob, where there's a time where I have to leave and go out to the men walk, and her parents doesn't get, them, get her until about 5.30. And so I have to leave early. And for three years, for most of the time when I depart, she would cry and get upset. She would cry because Poppy's leaving. And we had a strategy when Rashima was home in the pandemic that we would use this strategy called distraction. Uh, she would distract her, and I would run to the car, and I would get in the car. And then the problem became that Rashima said the entire time when you were gone, she was still crying. So I took another approach, and I said, I began to prepare her for my leaving. I would tell Zoe that Poppy is getting ready to leave, but when I come back, I'm going to bring you something. What I discovered is that Zoe's, Zoe's attention shifted from what was lost to what was to come. She stopped crying when I left because she understood that Poppy was coming with something even better. Zoe got more excited over what is to come than my departure. She stood in anticipation for my return. She stood there in her arms open with Poppy, Poppy, looking, knowing that I'm coming back and that, but I'm coming with something. Great City, Jesus and his disciples have been together for three years. And Jesus is letting disciples know that he has to go. But in his absence, it's not permanent, it's temporary. And he says, I have a gift I'm going to give you, but I can't give it to you unless I leave you. The gift that I'm going to give you is something that will help you deal with your absence. Just like Zoe, the disciples experience grief from Christ, from Christ leaving and departure. But they can be rest assured that there is a gift they have to look forward to. Well, Grace City, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I've been sent by here to tell you that you have a gift that is a promise by Jesus Christ that's greater than your grief. You have a gift that can help you in the midst of your trouble. You have a gift that will help you in the face of evil. You have a gift that will help you in the face of world war. You have a gift that will help you in the face of injustice. You have a gift that will help you in sickness, famine, and disease. He says, the good news, I'm going to the Father 
but the Spirit is coming to you. There is a gift that is coming to you. The gift that teaches you will is coming to you. The gift that can convict you is coming to you. The gift that dwells inside of you is coming to you. The gift that is sourced of all revelation is coming to you. The gift that will fill you is coming to you. The gift that gives you wisdom is coming to you. The gift that gives you all power is coming to you. The gift that will guide you is coming to you. The gift that intercedes on your behalf is coming to you. He said the gift is coming to you. Grace City, when Jesus leaves the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he says it's coming to you, and he's coming to you to show you the way of the Spirit. And our text this morning, in chapter 16, yes, we have Jesus again saying, I have good news, and I have bad news. And I've got to leave. You're going to experience some conflict. The world is not going to like, you're going to experience some trouble. But it's interesting, Bob, at the end of verse 4 that you preached last week, he says these words. He says, I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. And I do not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. He then gives, he gives this warning, and the question becomes, what does Jesus talk about with this warning? What is it that he wants them to remember? Well, Jesus referring back to what he said in chapter 15, verses 20 through 25. He says, remember, here it is right here. He said, remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you as the way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. If they do not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among this the work no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. He says, it is they they have seen, yet they have hated both my father and me. But this is to be fulfilled what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. And so he's telling his disciples, because you are connected to me, because you have a relationship with me and they don't believe in me, that there are things in this world that you as believers will experience. Jesus is telling his disciples, know that there is a cost to being a disciple and connected to Jesus Christ. The world treated them Treated Jesus this way, and don't be surprised that you're going to be treated this way. But then that was just, that was 20 through 25, Bob, but you didn't preach 26. And I'm going to read 26 to you. He says, but when the advocate comes, <laughs> who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, watch this, will testify about me. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm not going to spend my time proving who I am. <laughs> he says, the Holy Spirit will testify to who I am. <laughs> That's good news for somebody. 
because you've been spending too much time on social media trying to prove who Jesus is when that's the Holy Spirit's job. Oh, let me move on. Jesus telling his disciples that he's going to be treated this way and you will be treated the same way in the world because the world do not believe in him, but the Holy Spirit will testify to who he is. Praise the way of the Spirit is always testified to the work of Jesus. Let me say it again. The way of the Spirit always testifies to the work of Jesus. As beloved communities saved by Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, our lives become a testimony to Christ through the way of the Spirit. And when we understand this and we receive this gift, we will, do, we will find three things and three things I'm going to share with you this morning. When, you, when your life testifies to the ways for you will find comfort in the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. You will find comfort in the Holy Spirit. Look at the text. Verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me where I'm going. Going, rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you for, for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is making it clear that he's going to leave them. He says, but now I am leaving. Uh, John writes this, Jesus, it's interesting that John writes like this because Jesus says, I'm going away. And John inserts this in a text. Watch this. He says, he says, and they don't even ask me where I'm going. That's interesting that John would write that. Jesus says, I'm going away, and then John inserts this. He says, I'm going away, but they don't even ask me where I'm going. Hmm. John is intentional in writing and showing the comforter is meeting them at a clear contrast between the selflessness of Jesus and the selfishness of the disciples. In order for Jesus to get back to the Father, he has to die on a cross. Jesus is headed to the cross hours away, losing his life. He's going away to sacrifice his life for his disciples. And no one asked him the question, totally, where are you going? You know, in our house, it's very common uh, uh, when our children leave out, or even when Rashim and I leave out, we ask the question, hey, wait, wait, where you going? Wait, where you going? And then there is a stage when our children stop answering that question, it, they, when they get their licenses and stuff like that. And we say, where are you going? And, and they, they, they don't want to answer the question, even though we pay the insurance and the carpet. <laughs> but they don't want to answer, watch this, y'all, the, the, the question. But we had to explain to them why we're asking. We had to tell them that if something happens to you, we need to know where you are so that we can help you. Listen, we care about you. We're not asking you because we're being nosy. We're asking you because we care. Praise City, the disciples, after three years, didn't ask Jesus where he's going. Is it that they did not care? John is very clear. It wasn't because they didn't care. Watch this, church. It was because they were in grief. The text says they were grieving at his absence. And watch this church. Jesus gives the comforter in their grief. 
he gives them the comforter. He says, I will leave you the comforter. King James uses the word comforter. So many texts use different words. What do you think when you hear the word comforter, church? Most of us think of a big old warm blanket, <laughs> wrapped ourselves in cold winter night. Or maybe you think of someone who tries to make you feel better in the midst of difficult times, someone who's a comforter. Really, neither of these is a description exactly right. The King James describes the Holy Spirit as another comforter because it comes from the Latin word influence, which is a comforter means to come alongside with strength. Uh, I believe that's much closer to what Jesus had in mind here. The Holy Spirit identified as alone, alone paraclete. Translate to a, watch this, another, watch this, you've seen in some of your Bibles, another counselor. What do you think when you hear counselor? Jesus has much more in mind than just someone who provides a listening ear or offers advice. Jesus was communicating much more to his disciples that just as our modern understanding of counselor and comforter, our translation in the Bible, literally it means another friend, church. Jesus is saying to his disciples that I am sending you another friend. I have listened to you. I have served you. Here, but this is another friend. I really believe this comes closer to Jesus' intention, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that you have a real and abiding friend who loves you a real friend who will not abandon you in the midst of difficulty, like a comforter, a friend who will encourage you, a friend that will be beside you and, the, and strengthen you, like a counselor, a friend that will take time to listen and hear in your deepest woes, a friend that will offer you wise advice and provide help in difficult decisions. Jesus is saying, I have a Holy Spirit walking beside another friend Jesus, I am leaving this, another friend to advise God and comfort you. Great City, he says to you and me that when we are believers of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is there to meet you in your grief, in your discomfort, in your pain. It's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. See, you know, don't, don't, don't depend on me to get to the hospital because I will get there but I won't have the words. I don't have the words to meet you at your grief. But he says the Holy Spirit is the one that will meet you there and will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding that will guide your heart, mind, and soul. Pastor Bob, he's a great, great counselor, but he can't do that. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. So the first thing we see when we receive this gift, we find ourselves comfort through the Holy Spirit. But the second thing I see is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Here it is right here. When he comes, he will prove to the world to be in the wrong with about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin because we do not believe in him. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. I have much more to say more than you could bear. The verse is interesting, church, because John says when the Spirit comes, we will, I will prove, he will prove to the world that it's wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
That's a, let me put a quarter in the meter here because I want us to understand that it is the job of the Holy Spirit uh, to convict those who are wrong. It's many times when we try to convict those who are wrong in our flesh, the flesh condemns, but the spirit convicts. <laughs> Y'all just missed that. <laughs> I, said, I said, when we try to do this, we begin to notice people say, why are you condemning me? Because the flesh condemns, but the spirit convicts. We know this text and this verse right here, church, is we know that that the, 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 the attack here is on Jesus because in just a few hours, Jesus will be convicted. He'll be convicted on charges that he did not commit. Jesus, and he says this in the text, he says, he says that I'm, it's going to redefine sin because they're trying to convict Jesus on sin. They're trying to convict Jesus on being unrighteous. They're trying to convict Jesus saying, you're going to be judged for, for, for what you're saying out in public. Jesus is saying that this is going to be corrected to his disciples. And I, uh, this idea of conviction we see. So Jesus gets convicted, goes to the cross, Bob, hang on the cross between two people who convicted. <laughs> so one of the convicted ones started making fun of Jesus. If you're supposed to be this God, take yourself off that cross. But there was another convicted one that looked at Jesus and said, you are the son of the living God. He was in the presence of Jesus and he got convicted. He said, I did nothing wrong. I mean, you did nothing wrong, I did it wrong. And Jesus said, he said, you are an innocent man, Jesus. And Jesus said to him, you will be with me in paradise. Watch this, church. John Crooks, I'll give you credit for this. The convicted got convicted. Y'all just missed that. That's John Crooks right there, y'all. He, yeah, he did that at Seven Last Sands three years ago. The convicted got convicted, y'all. I gave you credit the first time. It's mine now. Uh, the, the goal of conviction, church, is to bring sinners to a saving knowledge of God, of saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Listen, the Holy Spirit penetrates deep into sin, overcomes sinners' resistance to the gospel, and bring them through the faith, Jesus, to fellowship with God. Jesus convicts the world. And not because of any other reason, it's this word, it's a very unique word that they use for, 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 for sin here. It's the word hasteo. It literally means, it's a strong word that means that they would not believe. The sin of not believing that it's Jesus, that Jesus is the Son of God. He used a strong word here. The world will not believe that he's the Son of God. The Holy Spirit gives witness, it's the conviction, it's the, we give witness to the Holy Spirit. You know, the other day, Bob, uh, Stephen called me and he said to me, he said, Dad, uh, um, I need to get back to church because I'm, I'm watching online, but, but it's really, uh, he said, I need, he, he said, he said, Aaron, he said, I, I need some confliction. I said, I said, 
I said, you need what? He said, I need some confliction. I said, I said no, you're conflicted. You need some conviction. Yeah. He said, he said yeah, yeah, that, that's what I need. He said, I, I, need some, I need some conviction. But what he, was, what he was saying, church, was that it's something about being into the community and fellowship of the believers that you confess your sins one to another, that it then moves you closer to Christ. I need some conviction. I can't get that online. That's what Stephen was saying. Confliction done. Bless him. The first... <laughs> I'll pray for my children. <laughs> I'm so glad the qualifications to preach is not... <laughs> Let me figure that out, you know. <laughs> Confliction, Jesus. The first thing, when you receive this gift, find ourselves comfort through the Holy Spirit. It's comfort. The second thing we see is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But the last thing I see is the control of the Holy Spirit. Here it is right here in verse 13. But when the Spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak to his own. He will not speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known. All that belongs to the Father's mind. This is why I said that the Spirit will receive and will make known to you. The Spirit is in control, and it leads us to all truth, church. When the Spirit is in control, it leads us to all truth. But here is the question. Are you willing to give the Spirit the stirring wheel of your life? Because in order for him to have control, you got to give him the wheel. But when you give him the wheel, this is what he says. He said, you will find the truth. Not only will because you'll find the truth, because he's going to speak what it is that the Father would have you to speak, and that will glorify me. Listen, the story is told, uh, and I'm going to date myself um, and the 50 and over crew here, so pray for us, Bobby. Uh, a story is told of a man named Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, y'all. And they said, we found out that Mr. Rogers went to seminary to learn how to preach. And one time, Bobby, he went to, him and his wife went to this church, and it was this 80-year-old preacher, and he was taking a, a pre he had just taken his preaching class and he was listening to this preacher and critiquing this preacher. And he was like laughing and, 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 and really like, you know, oh my, like being cynical about what he was saying. And he was like, you know, just kind of snuckling and laughing at the man and right, taking notes because of what he learned in his preacher's class. And all of a sudden, uh, Bobby, uh, he, he, he's getting ready to go turn to somebody, say what he's going to say. He looks over the queen of and his wife is crying. And she said, that was exactly what I needed. Great <laughs> city. For Mr. Rogers, he was judging. <laughs> but the wife got what she needed. Great city. <laughs> the Holy Spirit meets us at our need. <laughs> Listen. The Holy Spirit comforts when you are in need. The Holy Spirit will convict when you are in need. 
and the Holy Spirit is in control, you and you are in need. C.C. Wines put it best for me. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Bring us healing with your warm embrace. Show us your power, make your presence known. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Anybody in the room need a filling of the Holy Spirit? You open up your spirit at the place of need and you tell the Holy Spirit what you need. He's there, he's present, he's right there for you. You don't have, he, he, he's there for the gray areas in your life where you're confused. He's there when you're in grief. He's there when you are absolutely confused and you do not know what to do. Your friends don't have an answer. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that speaks to us. Don't be like some churches and say the Holy Spirit's not important. One of the most important things we have is the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen.